एंड वेलकम टू द कॉर्पोरेट लाइफ पॉडकास्ट माय नेम इज़ हिना सिद्दीकी एंड आई लव्ड एंड हेटेड माय कॉर्पोरेट जॉब्स फॉर इयर्स दिस पॉडकास्ट इज गोइंग टू एम्पावर यू टू गो हाई ऑन योर करियर विद आउट लूजिंग योर सेल्फ आई इनवाइट यू टू जॉइन मी ईच वीक एज यू हियर रियल कूल स्टोरीज ऑफ द रियल कूल कॉर्पोरेट पीपल डूइंग रियल थिंग्स इन द कॉर्पोरेट वर्ल्ड एंड द एक्सपीरियंसिस एंड एडवाइस कैन चेंज योर स्टोरी टू Hey how are you I'm Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life podcast If you are working in a leadership role or aspiring to be a leader in your workplace then this episode can be a game changer for you Because Steven Howard my guest today is going to give us some guidance through our leadership journeys in this episode Steven is a keynote speaker leadership coach and the award winning author of 22 leadership and professional development books including great leadership words of wisdom eight keys to becoming a great leader and better decisions better thinking better outcomes steven has over 40 years of senior leadership experience in asia australia and north america now let's begin the chat with steven hey steven welcome to the show thank you hena nice to be with you nice to be with your audience it's lovely having you here thank you for joining us today So Stephen tell us a bit about your leadership journey and why is this subject so important to you. Yeah, I love that question. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I grew up in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, but and was my first company out of college, you know, Texas Instruments moved me to Dallas, and then they moved me to Singapore. And I really saw the difference in leadership styles between the Asian leaders and the US leaders and those of us who were expatriates. at the same time and and learning to deal with different cultures and then over the years i uh, i led a sales team including some remote sales people for time magazine i worked for a year for what was then called air lanka mm-hmm. now sri lankan airways but then it was air lanka and again so different leadership styles and then i worked for citibank and i had 23 people reporting to me and i really had to learn leadership uh, mm. by the boots basically um, yeah. and you know there's a great asian phrase you uh, you teach what you need to learn and i had to teach people about leadership while i was learning it at the same time so yeah. and ever since then i've been you know, coaching leaders since uh, 1993 i've coached in um, mentored and educated over 10,000 leaders on every continent except Antarctica. Oh my god, that's brilliant. And so and Antarctica is not a place I want to go to. I'm a warm weather person, so I'd rather be in <laughs> rather be in Bangalore than in Antarctica, quite frankly. Oh, yeah, I think that would be a great idea. So that's my journey. So it, and then you know I started, started started writing books on marketing and eventually wrote books on leadership and you you mentioned a couple of titles there. I've been working a lot because of the the book Better Decisions, Better Thinking, Better Outcomes, which is all about how you think, how you make decisions, how you don't let stress impact your decision making or you minimize the way it impacts your decision making. And so I've been spending a lot of time uh, working with the people right now with COVID we're all under stress and so uh everyone needs a little bit of help in that area wow. of how to make better decisions uh, definitely that's really important and I think after this covid thing uh, which is not yet over completely but people are actually in a very messed up state of mind and they really need help of the coaches and mentors yeah. like you thank you And Stephen what is your definition of leadership? Oh, I love that. Well, I actually defined uh leadership in terms of great leadership and I say that uh great leadership is an art. 
It's the art of accomplishing things through the involvement of others. And the key word here is the involvement of others. Uh, The old approach of leadership, the 1970s approach of control and command doesn't work. I know it works in some, might work in the military. I know it works in a lot of Indian companies because of the culture, Uh, but that's going to change. And, uh, you know, I I first went to India in, what, 1988, I think it was. And uh, I've seen a great change in the way people run their businesses and lead their businesses and manage their businesses. And, you know, I've been able to witness the growth in India during that time. So control and command doesn't work. So you have to get people involved. And I think even more so coming out of the pandemic, as a lot of people have said, you know what, particularly in you know, the North America or even parts of Europe. Why do I need to commute 90 minutes a day, twice a day uh, when I can work from home? Um, And then if you're not going to allow me to work from home, uh, then I'm not interested. Uh, Interesting. I'm in Mexico City right now. And I was talking with somebody last week and they've hired 200 IT people Mm -hmm. in the last four months. And he says the number one question they get in the interview process is, can I work from home? And if the answer is no, then they said, I'm not even coming in for the interview. Don't, don't yeah. you know, I'm not even going to show up for the interview. Uh, so it's become a, a mandatory requirement for a lot of people that mm-hmm. they'd rather put uh, their life over their work. Yeah. And I think that's a big change. Yeah, that's a big change. It makes a lot of sense also, like when we can work from home and it's making our life much easier than what is it? point going to the workplace every day and spend time in the traffic. It's absolutely correct. And one of the things I've been telling people is forget about work-life balance. It's really when you're a leader, you need to understand that you're the people working for you. They want work-life harmony. And if I can harmonize my life by, you know, working and maybe taking a couple hours off in the afternoon to play with my kids uh, and then go back to work. Well, that's my decision. I want to work till nine o'clock because I've spent a couple hours off, uh, you know, or having lunch with my girlfriend or whatever I want to do. Then that's my choice as long as I'm getting my work done. That's that's like work harmony. How do I harmonize it? Uh, Forget about balance. And I think leaders are going to have to understand that's what people want. And that's what people are going to demand going forward. Yeah. And I think leadership is all about being more human, much more human than the normal people are. I totally agree with you. In fact, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm working on that right now is my next book about okay. how you, we, we need to be more human as leaders and, right. and how, yeah. And, 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 what used to be a soft skill or a nice to have skill, you know, things like emotional intelligence or resiliency or agility. These are now essential skills. In fact, I'm calling them their power skills. These are the, the power skills that leaders need for the future to be successful. Yeah, that's wonderful. So Stephen, we'll just stop here for a quick break and uh, see you in just a sec. Okay. When it comes to looking for a job, most people get it wrong. They would keep on using their one and only resume to apply for any and every open job position in their industry without getting clear on what's right for them. They would avoid correct and targeted networking and stay dependent on job sites. And the truth is that over 70% of jobs are never posted on job boards or job websites. Plus the wrong and scarcity mindset and lack of self-belief, and this is huge. But unfortunately, most job seekers don't deal with this. And no wonder that they keep on struggling with their job hunt and most of them will make a compromise by accepting just any random job because 
they want money to pay the bills which is a valid reason if that's you come join me on my job search coaching program where i guide you through with the right strategy your mindset upgrade which is about 80% in all my programs and taking inspired and focused consistent action you may book a free strategy call with me find the link on the episode page we are in conversation with steven howard so steven what is the right leadership education according to you Oh, the right leadership education. Um, I think the right leadership education needs to start within the first few months of getting your first leadership position. Too often, people, this is how it happens, at least in a lot of big companies. On Thursday, hi, Hina, uh, you're going to be the team leader on Monday. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, we're going to put the memo out Friday afternoon to let everyone know, listen, you're going to do a great job. Don't worry about it. If you have any questions, come call me, but you're doing it. You're going to do a great job. And that's as much notice <laughs> and as much education as you get. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now on Monday, you've got to walk into the team and say, Hi, I'm your team leader. And, and what I'm really talking about is when we take really good individual contributors and turn them into supervisors, team leaders, managers, whatever, whatever title you want to give them. But it's really their first leadership position. And unfortunately, people look at that as, well, I'm now the manager. A, I have to have all the answers. And B, I'm now the boss. And so therefore, I have to tell everyone what to do. Yeah. And both of those are incorrect. Uh, you don't have all the answers. And you're never going to have all the answers in today's world. And you have to be humble enough to say, you know what, team? I don't know what we should do. Let's discuss this together. Let's work on it together. It's more of that collaborative. Again, as I said earlier, being inclusive, getting people involved well, yeah. in it to make it to make it happen. Um, so I think the uh, the best leadership is you know there are there are some programs. I mean, obviously, I have my own programs. I've got an online program for for new leaders. Uh, self-paced program that they can go through. Mm -hmm. I think, but in today's world, training events don't work. People forget what they learn within weeks of a yeah. training event. By that, I mean a two-day, a three-day, yeah. get in a classroom, go learn together. I agree. So it helps, but no. So really what I'm seeing and what I'm actually advocating and doing with my clients is we do a combination of some live events some video or, like I said before, online stuff that they can read and learn, and then some coaching calls. And then in my programs, I give people coaching for 12 to 24 months after a leadership, what I call educational oh, event. And beautiful. therefore, yeah, they can come back and say, hey, I can't, you know, we talk about feedback. I can't remember exactly. Or listen, I tried to get, I gave feedback last week and it didn't work really well. Let me, let me tell you what I did and get some advice on how I can do it better. So mm -hmm. it's that ongoing, continuous learning is what's required today. So it's a kind of a hybrid approach, I guess, but it's, yeah. I'm finding it works very, very well with the, yeah. the clients that I'm working with. I'm sure it must work very well. I remember my uh, corporate days when people were actually forced to enter into the training room because they did not want to. They were right, just, yeah. Yeah, they were not interested in taking trainings because these trainings are so mechanical. They don't actually learn anything. And they, they get into the training with that stale mindset that, okay, we are not going to, you know, uh, learn anything. We just have to stay there for, for these many hours and that's it for them. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's a check the box type thing. And then yeah. and in today's world, it, particularly in the classroom, uh, or even worse in virtual world, can you imagine being forced to go to a training? What are you going to, you're going to sit there entire time on your phone yeah. or on a different screen. You're going to yeah. be kind of like this. Oh yeah. What did she say? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Stephen. Oh yeah. Here's my answer. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work and it doesn't help at all. No, no, it's a yeah. waste of time and it's a waste of money and it's not the right way to do things. That's very true. And Stephen, you say that in the post-pandemic future of work, people need to take control of their own careers. Would you please elaborate on that? I, I'm happy to. And I think, um, you know, in the past, I mean, we, we've talked about employee loyalty, but, you know, corporations aren't loyal to their employees either. I think, uh, again, as I said earlier, people are making decisions now. What's how do they want to live their lives and is, yeah. is work the most important thing? And if it is, that's great. I, you know, that's fine. And particularly different ages, you might have different attitudes. You know, if you're in your twenties, you might really want to work a lot and, 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 and get promoted and show, show what you can do. But, you know, as you get in your thirties or forties, you have your families, uh, you, you, you find other interests in life. You might say, you know, I don't want to work. 60 hours a week. Uh, you know, we saw reports earlier this year of people wanting people working a hundred hours a week in a Wall Street financial firm. Nobody should work a hundred hours a week. The uh, you know, you know, not even the uh, the president of the United States, the so-called <laughs> most powerful person in the world, he shouldn't, he or she should not be working a hundred hours a week. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it, taking control of your career is really deciding what's important to you. And again, if, if, if you don't want to be in the work environment, you know, if you want to work from home or you want to work from, you know, a mountain retreat in the country that you live in and get your work done, I think that that's what you have to decide what's best for you. The opportunities are going to be there for you um, as, as you as you grow and develop. The other thing that I think people have to understand, particularly if they want to go into leadership. And when I talk about leadership, and you asked me the definition earlier, when I talk about involvement, really to me, leadership means you are leading people. Mm. You don't manage people. One of my favorite quotes is you manage things, mm. you lead people. Wow. And I now, and I, I would argue today, I mean, people have to change their minds. You don't even lead organizations anymore. You, know, you think about at the senior level, I'm, I'm leading my organization, I'm leading my department. No, you're not. You're leading people. Yeah. And so the technical skills the technical skills that people need for the future, it's hard to predict. Technology is changing so quickly. I mean, we don't know what artificial intelligence is going to be, but it's certainly different than 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, technology is not going to necessarily replace employees. I read an interesting, interesting uh, statistics recently that I think Amazon went from like 1,500 robots in their warehouses to over 300,000 or something or 30,000 or something. And at the same time, their workforce increased by like 10%. Okay. So the, the robots weren't replacing people. The robots mm-hmm. are making people more efficient. Yeah, uh, right. So you do have to take, take control of your career and understand where you want to go. The other thing I think people have to be you should always have a, a plan B for your career. Even if you're loyal to your company, I love working for this company. Everything's great. What happens if that company gets bought over? What if happens that company's leadership doesn't pivot and they want to go the old school way and suddenly a competitor comes up and disenfranchises them? What are you going to do? So you should always have your plan B, always be prepared. So if this company doesn't exist next year, I know what I want to do with my career and I'm going to start educating myself now to put myself in a position 
in case something like that happens. Mm, that's fabulous. And Stephen, we would love to hear from you a few leadership strategies that could help our listeners. Uh, leadership strategies. Okay, so I think the number one leadership strategy right now is learn emotional intelligence or, or and empathy. I mean, for instance, I coach people right now. And we're, as you said, we're not quite out of the pandemic yet. A lot of people still working from home. Yeah. I say here, when you talk to somebody, so if Hina, you were my employee, even if I talked to you two days ago, I'd say, Hina, how's your family doing? What's happening with the family? How's the kids doing? How's the, how the education going? Mm -hmm. But, you know, just, and don't let them just say fine. Look at them on a Zoom call, look at the body language. And then secondly, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you struggling with? What issues are you facing? And then third, okay, now let's talk about the business. And Mm -hmm. that is so particularly in, in, in the West, particularly, it's so unusual for people to take that approach. They just want to say, okay, Hina, let's talk about what's your project. Uh, how's mm-hmm. that going? Okay, let's go on to the next project. Going in. So, you know, it's kind of a project review call. Yeah. No, we have to figure out, understand how our people are doing. I think the second thing the leadership strategy is, right, particularly right now, leaders need to understand what are the signs of burnout? How do mm-hmm. you tell if someone's starting to burn out? Uh, and what steps can you and your organization do to help that person? Uh, burnout rates are humongous. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing is also, uh, I think the best leadership strategy to take now is to take care of yourself. Leadership well-being. You can't lead if you're sick. You can't lead right. if you're mentally upset, if you're depressed, mm-hmm. um, if, if, if you're under stress, you can't lead very well. Mm-hmm. So understand how to monitor your own well-being and by well-being i just don't mean your physical well-being i'm not talking about you know go out and have a walk every day which mm-hmm. certainly helps mm-hmm. how are you handling your emotional well-being how are you handling your mental well-being and how can you how can you walk the talk how can you be a great example for people mm-hmm. uh, about well-being holistic well-being yeah. so those are probably the three key strategies right yeah. now to, i love to work that on. So, Stephen, what's the best way to find you and know more about you and your work? Um, well, the best way to find me is my my company is called Caliente Leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Caliente is a Spanish word that means hot, but it also the second definition of Caliente is passionate. Oh. So, a, co- a conversation Caliente is a passionate conversation. So, okay. um, so Caliente Leadership, passionate leadership. Um, Find me on the website. I'm on LinkedIn. If you find there's find Stephen Howard on LinkedIn in the greater Los Angeles area, um, you can contact me through that. Or obviously, my email address is going to be Stephen with a V and an N. Mm-hmm. Stephen at CalianteLeadership.com. Uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to help people. I'm happy to you know spend 20 minutes with somebody just for free. Talk about your issues. Talk about your challenges. Talk about is coaching even right for you? Yeah. Uh, I, I coach people all over the world. I, one of the nice things about the pandemic now and everyone mm-hmm. getting used to Zoom is is the fact that <laughs> yeah. we can have these kind of conversations. I mean, you're in India and I'm in Mexico City yeah. today, so we can have these conversations around yeah. the world. And I'm loving and, that technology yeah. thing. <laughs> that's that's one of the silver linings coming out. Yeah. People are getting very comfortable with with uh, having these kind of conversations uh, anyone will. So I coach people all the time on, on uh, developing their leadership skills. Yeah. And, you know, my philosophy is I, I mentor, I'm particularly, I mentor young managers mm-hmm. and I, I mentor good managers and I turn them into great leaders. So wow. if you want to become a great leader, let's talk. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'm going to uh, include your information, contact information on the episode page so that people can find you there. Yeah, That'd be great. Thank you. 
<laughs> so it was fabulous having you, Stephen. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I mean, uh, you're, you're one of the few people that are actually looking at leadership and, and as you call it, the corporate life. Um, uh, so I appreciate that. I think more, more, more and more people need to hear these kind of podcasts, uh, just not just from me, but from your, all your other guests, because mm-hmm. it's a, such an important part of our lives, yeah. uh, the corporate world, but we need to think more harder about it. And I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this. So congratulations. Well, thank you so much for this. And uh, it was lovely having you here. Thank so, you. So that's it for this week. I'll see you in the next episode. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for career training tools and resources. Don't forget to check out my latest book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.